Hello, internet peeps. Welcome to another Sean Connery Christmas ep Big Trouble Podcast episode 131. I'm Joe Dubs. I'm Andy. <laughs> and uh, we are here again for one Sean Connery, one Christmas movie. I think so far I'm the only one with an actual traditional Christmas movie so far. Um, unless I don't well, know. One out of two. We've only done the one. Yeah, I know. But I, well, you said you were talking about changing things, so I don't know what yours is going to be yet. I guess we'll we'll hear about that at the end of the episode. Um, so we're going to be talking about Finding Forrester, which is a Sean Connery movie, and then Surviving Christmas with Ben Affleck and James Gan Gandolfini uh, and Christina Applegate and the lady from fucking Home Alone. Catherine O'Hara. Yeah. I thought it was weird that both of your movies had the same naming convention. Verbing noun. It, just, it was weird. <laughs> Black Christmas. Surviving Christmas. Yeah. But before we do that, guys, what the hell you been watching, playing, or doing? I will start with Andy. I've been watching Christmas movies. Yay! I watched uh, Muppet Christmas Carol, which, as the years go by, I'm convinced is just the best. It's my personal favorite version of... Um, a Christmas Carol. Like, there's a lot of other really good ones, but the Muppet one is my favorite. And I don't say that because, oh, I love the Muppets, even though I do. I just think it's the legit good one. I think Michael Caine is, like, the best Scrooge. Um, speaking of Scrooge, I also watched Scrooge, which is my second favorite version of it. Uh, and I watched them, like, back to, like, not back to back, but, like, one one night and one the next night, just unironically. And it, was, it wasn't until I was almost done with Scrooge, I was like, oh, yeah, I watched uh, Christmas Carol yesterday. It's weird. And then uh, I also watched Jingle All the Way. If you want to hear our extended thoughts on Jingle All the Way, check out last year's Christmas episodes. And I've been playing Cyberpunk 2077, which is, um, man, it's a game. I'm sure everyone has already heard about, you know, it looks like shit on old gen. Oh, man, they are not kidding. Man, it's it's such a slap in the face. I, I I've been I've been really upset about it. But the game is still fun. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'm enjoying it. I love the setting. I love the characters. Uh, I really like um, the, just the aesthetic. Just the setting is so super uber cool. I really like it a lot. But, man, it just looks like trash on the PlayStation 4. And it's really frustrating because they put out a huge patch and it fixed almost nothing. <laughs> and then they put out another message that was like, hey, we're sorry. It doesn't look any good. We put out a patch and it fixed most a lot of the stuff on current gen consoles. Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to fix old gen consoles uh, sometime in January. Uh, sorry. And it's kind of like, fuck you, man. <laughs> Fucking bought your game. Fix it. It's it's just so frustrating, and I know that there's all these memes about like people were complaining that they wouldn't release it, just release it. Now it's out. They're complaining it looks like trash. Just for the record, and I'm on record saying it on this show. No, delay it until it's good. That's what I want. I want a complete game. I want a sixty dollar game, not a forty dollar game. And then they're gonna patch it several times, take up all my hard drive space, and I'll be good later. I again, it's a lot of fun, but in its current state. I don't recommend it unless you have a PS5 or an Xbox Series X. I, I just don't. I don't recommend it until they fix it. Or a good PC. Remember, it's on PC. Oh, yeah, or a great PC. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, anything else? Um, that was it. I, the only game I've played has been Cyberpunk, and I've been watching, you know, Christmassy stuff. Okay, cool. Uh, I don't know, Zach, are you there? Because I don't see your video and audio. Yeah, I'm here. I had to step away for a sec. Okay, so you're up next. What have you been playing, watching, or doing? 
Um, still been playing uh, SmackDown 2 and Tomb Raider. Um, I have been, uh, I haven't really been watching anything lately this, this past week besides the movies we're talking about. I mean, I, I watch YouTube stuff, but I don't really count that usually. Well, um, what, what type of YouTube stuff? Because I'm interested now. Uh, mostly just like, uh, just kind of gaming related stuff. Like my brother showed me this video about, um, uh, this basically it's about like the development of Sonic extreme, like that Sonic game that's supposed to come out for Sega Saturn and never saw the light of day. Hmm. Uh, it's pretty long. It's almost like sort of like a documentary. It's like over an hour long. Um, nice. I I haven't finished it yet. I, I just kind of started like the first, uh, 30 minutes of it um other than that just stuff like uh i've been watching the new avgns that have been coming out he just released another one today and i haven't watched it yet it's a really short one yeah so it was like what like 10 minutes or 12 minutes or something like that I think it's 14 i watched it on my lunch break and i usually can't do that because they're too long so <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. um i've been mostly watching the stuff from uh matt mcmuscles lately he's got that show what happened where he like those are the best yeah those are those are good ones basically he just looks back at like stuff that like games that had fucked up development cycles or like consoles that failed or there's something wrong with them and he just kind of digs into it and see like you know what what happened you know (laughs) (laughs) um it's pretty interesting i actually learned quite a bit from that show about some some of those games i was genuinely curious like what happened to um uh oh what was what was the one i was really into oh like devil may cry 2 like forever nobody knew like why the fuck that game just turned out the way it did <laughs> i don't know if you guys ever really played devil may cry that much but like you play the first game and it's like pretty rad then you play the second game and it's like what the fuck <laughs> i played the second game like once for two hours and then just never even felt the urge to play it again it's it's got big boring levels you run around in and, and they're they're really bland in terms of like what you do in them, just the level design of them. And then you they have scintillating boss fights where you, you shoot at an infested attack helicopter, and it takes like forty five minutes to kill it. Uh, I heard Devil May Cry Five is good. Uh, I yeah. the last one I obviously played was fours, and you know five they're getting like all the support. I mean it's from Capcom, so they're gonna be sub- milking the shit out of it since it was a hit. I guess so. I mean, they waited a whole over a whole year, to even come out with anything else for it. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty. It's showing restraint for them, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Um, but anything else? Nah, it's that's pretty much it. Okay. Um, I watched uh, "It's a Wonderful Life." Uh, I watched nice. uh, "A Miracle on 34th Street." I'm I'm just hitting the classics. Uh, I do want to see. Um, what's that one? Just uh, Scrooge. I I want to see that. Um, I think I'm gonna be a Christmas story is always gonna be on Christmas time for me. I never watch it like before or even after. It's it has to be Christmas Day. 
Uh, I mean, it's just so easy not to. I, over the last few years, I've seen it almost every Christmas, but never all in, at a whack. It's always been like throughout the day, like, oh, before we unwrap presents, oh, before we go over for lunch, and after I get home from my sister's house, after I'm doing this, so, you know. And it's always out of order, but I see it every year. Not this year, though. I don't have access to cable this year. Yeah. Do you and- guys actually think that's a good movie, like legitimately? I uh, like it. It's a good, I mean, I'm not saying a lot of people think we'll hold it, you know, put it on a pedestal and say it's like one of the best Christmas movies ever. I don't know about that, but it's a good movie. It's really funny. I like it. It's, it's memorable. It's to me, it's a traditional uh, Christmas movie, um, obviously, because one, my family always put it on Two, it's on reruns, like on every fucking channel in the world uh, on every like network. Uh, and two, just like there's funny, funny uh, lines in there, like "fragile," it must be Italian, and mm-hmm. uh, you shoot your eye out, kid. Like you always remember that stuff. Uh, but as far as it being like a masterpiece, like it ain't no Citizen Kane. <laughs> so very few things are. Yeah. Uh, um, I don't know. Somebody floated the idea. I was listening to a podcast one time that that movie really isn't that good. And the only reason why people like it is because TBS just uh, started marathoning it in the mid nineties. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's actually pretty true because it wasn't doing that well until they started doing that. And the same thing happened to Christmas vacation. It came out and everyone was like, man, this movie sucks. And then it like immediately hit uh, television and then it became famous because it's just always on and people started watching it. I mean, I guess I, to me, it just, I feel like it just didn't get much of a chance initially because I don't know if repeat. Uh oh. Uh oh. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, but... you, you froze when you said repeat. And that's all we heard. Did yeah. You... I was talking about repeated viewing. I don't think that actually has anything to do with whether or not you like something or not. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a decent, like I said, it's a decent movie. It's like, it's nothing that I, I will go like, wow, this movie was terrible. I don't want to see it ever again kind of thing. Uh, yeah. But to make it like top 10, I wouldn't even say it's top 10 at all. Uh, a lot of people don't realize because of the way they watch it, the same way I watch it, you know, disjointed and stuff. It's not a very well constructed movie because it has... It has all of these B plots that are threaded together to make a movie. There's no like real solid A plot. I don't know well, if that makes sense. I sort of, but I mean, to me, that's that's the way the movie comes off. It's like this guy is telling the story about yeah, this one Christmas I was supposed to get a BB gun and all this shit happened. Like somebody that actually tells a story, you know? Yeah, no, it it it, it does make sense that way. Like there's there's something to be said for oh, it's not it's not that great of a movie, but you know, I like it. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. It, it kind of bugged me because I always liked that movie, and that was like way before they even started marathoning it. Yeah, there, there's two movies I watch on Christmas, uh, real religiously. Uh, that's because my dad uh, <laughs> showed me this movie. But we watch A Christmas Story and the sweatshirt that you're wearing, fucking Die Hard. Uh, so okay, you got a Christmas sweatshirt. <laughs> <laughs> so like that's my two quick uh, movies. My this no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> the Red quote. um but uh i also watched oh, I, got, I almost forgot i don't even have the full costume on here we go <laughs> there you go uh i also watched robocop one and robocop two i i want your guys opinion on robocop two i eh. i i i think robocop one is better than two 
Fuck yeah, it is. Robocop 1 is an absolute fucking classic. Robocop 2 is like a quick cash-in kind of fun action movie. Robocop 3 is a fucking disaster. Yeah, I think I'm going to be watching that tonight. Um, because I, I, I always I like the part in Robocop 2, where's Kane? Where is Kane? And he just smashed stupid it. kid. Yeah. Um, oh, man, that movie. But no, the first one is is an absolute 100% classic. Man, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Gaming-wise, uh, I've been playing a lot of Fortnite. I got Master Chief, so Master Chief on Fortnite. Uh, Cyberpunk, obviously. Uh, what did you go with? Uh, I went with Corpo. No, Nomad. Nomad? It's kind of interesting. I uh, At work, two other people also got the game, and... Uh, Without without talking about it, you know, we we were all working on Monday, and it was like, which background did you choose? And we each ch- chose one of the three backgrounds, which was really interesting. So we were discussing the different intros, which I thought was really cool. That game has three completely different opening missions, depending on what you choose. Yeah, um, I'm actually going to be buying it for my Series X. I have it on my PlayStation Five, thanks to you guys' Christmas gift uh, that went oh. towards Cyberpunk. Uh, I still have like $20 left for, uh, because I had like money left over from the other time. So I'm going to mm-hmm. be buying, uh, Sp- Spider-Man Miles Morales next. Uh, but I will be getting Cyberpunk on my Series X and I'm probably going to be doing Nomad on that one. So, so you're going to buy it twice? Yeah. I, lo- I like the game. Um, it is, I will say with the system, with PlayStation 5, I had two crashes uh, and it always happens when I drive. I don't know. If, mm. I don't know if about you. My brother said I haven't had any straight up crashes. It's just a lot of the graphics look like shit, like Xbox 360 graphics, and that's not even an exaggeration. Like there's a few character models, and it has that fuzziness around it. I, I I don't know how to describe that. It's not like an aliasing thing. I don't know what it is. It just looks really bad, muddy, and I've had a ton of pop in. Mm-hmm. A lot of popping, especially while driving. So I don't know, but the frame rate has been okay. I haven't noticed it being that bad, and you know, knock on wood, no crashes. So the game has been playable. It just looks bad. I heard. Yeah, on, it's fine though. Yeah, I heard on Series X, uh, if you want a smooth uh, frame rate of playing Cyberpunk, make sure you're using uh, performance over quality. So have your performance bar all the way to the right if you want to play uh cyberpunk 2077 it's it's not even safe on those consoles because like you legit literally need like a supercomputer to play the game which is I, I heard even with the most recent nvidia video card it won't max out the settings like they they have some future built into the game or something yeah i i i, I agree with you andy like People were pressuring them and people were like memeing them online too much about like, well, I'm just going to cancel my pre-order. And I think they really cared about that. And that pisses me off. They're like, dude, we're going to buy your game because Witcher 3 was great. Now, if you spent more time on Cyberpunk for the old consoles and even the new consoles to have it smooth and ready, you should have at least delayed it until summertime. Have it be a summer blockbuster. They're still getting hurt. I mean, people canceling pre-orders, whatever. Now they're getting hurt by returns. Yes. Now there's a big wave of people returning. So, you know, damned if you do, damned if you don't. You know, a a rushed game is forever bad. A a delayed game is eventually good. Which, I guess we'll talk about this more in the news, because I actually have one 
thing to bring up that's uh, probably going to be pissing people off who uh, who are thinking about getting that refund for the old gens. Uh, people don't get pissed off about video games. People are very chill about video games. Yeah, fuck, you're right. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's all I've been doing. I've been, I'm right about now. I've been play uh, watching more movies and playing games. Uh, it's the holidays. That's what we do. Um, yeah. But uh, it's. I think it's time to get into. Let's start off with finding Forrester. Um. Oh, we're gonna switch it up because last time we did the other way around, yeah. Christmas and Connery. Yeah. Um. I really enjoyed this movie. I don't know what it is about. <laughs> it may be because of how like the cameras are and everything, but every time like there's a late uh, a '90s movie or like an early 2000s, it has that '90s glaze or aura to it. I don't know how to explain it. And plus, it is in New York as well. I was like, "Wait a second, is this is this New York?" And right away, it was New York. But anyway, like the the storyline, um, African American kid who's very very smart. He knows how to write. Uh, <laughs> uh, Sean Connery's character is like an author that is like living in the ghetto, um, just staring at this kid with uh, staring at the kids with binoculars, uh, and then finds out that you know the one kid is smart. And he left his backpack because uh, they dared him to go into the house. And he left the backpack and he, like, edited all his writing and said it was great and all that stuff. And gave him point. Some of it. Yeah. He graded it. And some of it was uh, constipated <laughs> and a few other things. Where are you taking me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where are you taking me? Yeah. Yeah. So like, this definitely had, like, a... A night, uh, even though it came out in 2000, but like the 90s, where they kind of teach you, like, and this should still be taught, like, we should all be nice to each other, uh, whatever color you are, and like how, like, stereotyping is stupid and should not be taken. Like, every time, uh, uh, the kid, I forget his name, but like, he went up to the grocery drive, uh, driver with the BMW, Jamal, and, yeah. yeah. He's like, I have a BMW. You you probably won't you know know about it and all that stuff. And he, he like told them like there's planes and shit in Germany and that because they banned them now they make cars and all that stuff, uh, which I which I really liked. Right away, I want to fucking tell you how much I hate the fucking professor that uh, is trying to get him out of that school. I think you're supposed to. No, I, like, legit wanted to punch my fucking TV. That's how much I hated him. Um, Because this kid, like, is a genius. Not a, Well, not a genius. He's, he's, he's good with writing and saying things on a piece of paper. Uh, he's smart. And literally because he got shown up in uh, class by him, that he tries to expel him, pretty much, or say that he's plagiarizing and shit, which he... In a way, he technically did, but yeah. then, but um, you know, obviously, I don't want to get to the end or anything. Uh, what is your guys' opinions? Uh, I guess Andy, go. Uh, opinions on what the movie as a whole? Yeah, just w what do you like? What do you hate about it? What you know came out at you that was good? I, I like this movie a lot. Um, it like overall, I walked away from it feeling really good. 
having really liked the movie, like if I want to nitpick, there's there's a few things about the movie that I really like fell flat for me. But I mean, first of all, it's just really good. I thought I said on one of our last episodes, I thought I had seen this movie. I was wrong. I haven't seen this movie. I think my brain like constructed like it took part of like Goodwill Hunting and part of like Coach Carter some shit and like I thought I saw this movie. <laughs> I didn't. But anyway, this is the first time I saw this movie. Yeah, it was really good. Uh, uh, the acting in it's really good. Like you really do hate his professor. Sean Connery is is you know a legend. He's great in it. Um, Jamal played by Rob Brown. I wish he was in more stuff because he does a really good job. But a lot of his performance is like, I don't want to say subdued. It's like reserved a little bit. Mm-hmm. But that's good. That's his character. Um, I love the soundtrack. The soundtrack's great. Like I kept listening to it. I was like, man, this is this is like really like because there's a lot of like incidental parts that just have like jazz in the background for no reason. The song had like several Miles Davis tunes used a little bit. Bitches Brew is in this movie, but only for a second. Um, and um, a, a jazz musician called Bill, I'm going to say his last name wrong, Frisell, I think that's how it's said. He does a lot of the soundtrack to this, and he is a jazz guitarist from the 80s, and he's like, he's he also is just super great. But I guess he actually, like, composed a lot of the score, like the in-between stuff. So the soundtrack was really good, and, he, and even the non-jazz stuff I really dug, too. Um the, like the stuff I didn't like is there's a lot of plots that feel like like it introduces characters and like nothing happens with them. Oh. Like there's his rival on the basketball team and mm. that kind of just it, it sticks with the movie, but it like fizzles out a little bit toward the end. And then there's um the kid uh, when the teacher dresses him down like, oh, I better see you doing good work or whatever. And the one the one guy's like, oh, you did the right thing. You didn't say anything. Is what, what was his name? Cole Grove or something like that. Coleridge. Uh, and he only comes back like once in the whole movie. Why even introduce him if that's all you're going to do with this character? Like there were there were several like small characters like that. Eh, I would have liked to see more from uh, from his mother, from from Daddy Buster Rhymes. I would have liked to see more of his <laughs> friends and stuff. But there's so many characters besides the professor. Um, Forrester, you know, Sean Connery and Jamal that are just like in it just a little bit. Oh, and then they're gone. Oh, who cares about them anymore? You know, it's funny that you say Buster Rhymes because like, you know, when they're at the dinner table and he's like, I'm the supervisor of the parking lot. And he's and and she's like, you know, you need to get away from that rap career. I'm like, no, that's Buster Rhymes, man. He was pretty popular in that time period. Yeah, that's part of why it's funny. It's like, oh, you need to give up in your rap career. Buster Rhymes. <laughs> um, Zach, what about you? What's your opinions? I mean, you've seen the movie before, but how was it the second time around? Um, yeah, I still really like it. Uh, watching it again, I kind of got a little bit of that feeling of when I first watched it before, like 15 years ago or whatever. Um, uh, that was probably one of the first movies I watched when I was like a lot younger, where I was kind of... Uh, I guess expanding like what what I like about m- movies or like what I take away from them and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Instead of just haha big dumb action movies or sci-fi shits and stuff like that, you know. Yeah. I still really love those things, but yeah. This was just like a good like character story um kind of thing, you know. Uh 
I kind of like empathize with Jamal a little bit because when I was in high school, like I, I had like creative writing classes and uh, I took to that pretty well and it just kind of went nowhere. Mm. Uh, I just kind of let it go. Uh, I will say writing because I, I did do some writing classes and I, I do writing for hobby as a hobby. Um, it, it's very uh, intimidating when you have a blank piece of paper uh, that's why you like you see Sean Connery's character. Right, right. I don't hear you clacking or whatever. Punch those keys, damn it! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's the line. You're the man now, dog, and he just sits there and drinks scotch. Yeah, but uh, like it, it's really intimidating, especially when you have an idea in your head. Like you always think about certain scenes, but you have to write around those certain scenes. You just can't be like. Well, then the person came through the door and he got shot. And that's it. Like, you have to build up to that scene. And it's, like, intimidating all the time. Um, so, like, I, 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 I also, uh, you know, is with Jamal in his sense. But uh, uh, anything else? Any other scenes that uh, came out to you? Like, my other favorite scene is uh, write 5,000-word essay to get, get away from my fucking home or something like that. Yeah. And he did it. And he, then he brings it back the next day. He's like, "Hey, I brought your five thousand word essay." And he just fucking leaves it there. <laughs> yeah. uh, but anything else? Any any not negative, but anything that fell flat for you? Uh... Um, not really. Uh, other than I mean, like Andy pointed out, they they had some characters that just kind of went nowhere. Like, I guess I just forgot about that when I watched the movie the first time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that kid, they, they introduced that kid in the class, and he's like, hey, it's a good thing you didn't say anything, brother. And it kind of makes it seem like, well, that's going to be, like, another friend he makes or something. You never see a fucking guy again. Yeah, like, it seemed like they were going to, like, hang out and stuff. Like, he was going to start replacing his friends from his old school, but he doesn't. And that's good. Like, I, I like that because what I kept expecting is there was going to be drama. Like, they're going to have to play their old high school team. Oh, my gosh. And his friends are, and he are going to. No, they don't do any of that shit. And I was really happy with that. I was really happy that they don't resort to all this, like, high school drama bullshit. It's still just a good movie about a, 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 a kid who doesn't have access to all the same amenities. And he gets an opportunity. And, you know, he's he's. I don't know. Like that one of the things I like about this movie is it does indeed deal with racism and prejudices, but it it doesn't hammer it over the head. Mm -hmm. It doesn't hammer you over the head with it. It's it's it does kind of like it is the central theme in the movie. But no one it, I mean, it's, it's really hard to say. It's not obnoxious about it. It's not like at the forefront of everything is going on. Usually there's little moments where somebody will say or do something just for a brief amount of time to call your attention to it a little bit. Like the guy in the fucking BMW and how he just kind of like assumes like, oh, what the hell do you know? You're just some black kid from Harlem fucking playing basketball over there. Kind of thing. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not from New York. Anyway. Uh, or um, what were you saying? Uh, no, no, what are you going to say? Because then I have something to build on what Andy was saying and what you're saying. So what were you saying? Well, it's that, like, the professor, it, it's implied very heavily, and it really seems pretty obvious. The professor, like, leans on him so much because of where he comes from. Yeah. He's like, oh, this kid's from the Bronx. He's just a black kid. There's no way he's this smart. 
and it's he doesn't he, there's not the scene where someone like tricks him into yelling a bunch of racist stuff that never happened like yeah. every other racist movie has there's not that scene where you find out oh he's been a racist all along no it's just he actually does have this subtle prejudice built into him and he ne- he needs to overcome that just like we all have to overcome that because whenever you see like someone like if you, you see a black kid from the bronx your assumption is he's probably not as intelligent as a rich white person is. And that's completely wrong of you to think that. And that's the point. Yes. Uh, Actually, you just nailed it on the head right there. Because when you look at films uh, in the 90s, or even back then, like when they're trying to teach you to be a fucking good person, like you could tell the difference between, you know, a person that is caring for humankind. uh, And then you have the evil one. people that are like prejudiced and racist assholes. Uh, I mean, obviously the teacher, he was kind of prejudiced and, you know, semi-racist about him, you know, writing good. And that's totally wrong because obviously he's a good writer. Uh, movies today, they, they plant like almost white people like they're all seri- seri- uh, serial killers, uh, which is terrible. Like not everybody's like that. And that's a whole different topic. But, like, I like this movie because what you said, Andy, is, like, it doesn't nail you on the head. Uh, like It feels a lot more real, like yeah. I said, because it, 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 I hate when racism is cartoony. It takes away from the real world, um, the, the, the truth that a lot of people are subtly racist. And they'll tell you, oh, I'm not racist. I, you know, I feel I have black friends and all this other stuff, but they don't understand that it's this, this prejudice that, that they have, that they don't even consciously realize that's what's bad. And it's not that people are like coming down on them. It's just trying to educate you. Like, Hey, there's a lot of incredibly intelligent black people. And it's really wrong of you to immediately assume that they can't be. Yeah. And and I really like, because, you know, it's very stereotypical of, and it nails it in the in the head on the, this film is like, oh, you're coming to this school because you just want to go to the NBA because you're black, um, and and like when he's about to be expelled from the school, like that one guy is like, oh, we're just gonna ignore it because you're such a good basketball player, and that's why he you know threw the game just to or prove. Did I think he threw the game. I mean, obviously he was shooting. Yeah. He was shooting consecutive uh, free throws against that other kid. Fifty consecutively. Yeah. Yeah. Perfectly. Yeah. I don't know. That was that was under a lot less pressure. I just really like that that part at the end where Connery Forrester. Did you miss those shots or did you miss those shots? He says that doesn't sound like a soup question, and they just move on from it. Mm-hmm. And uh, but, but I think I think you're right. I think you're probably right. Yeah. I mean, he was proving a point. Like he's better than that. And, uh, you know, it, I think the writing is great in this movie. I, the only thing, like, I do agree with you is, like, the um, the the rival. Like, I feel like they were going somewhere with that where, like, he's going to hate him. And then, obviously, the part near the end where William Forrester comes in the classroom and, like, the kid will stand up and be like, I'm with Jamal. I thought that that's where it was going. But, like, even in that scene, he was kind of still pissed at Jamal. Like, everybody was clapping for him, like, this motherfucker, just get out of my school. Um, Maybe the point is that, you know, that's not how people actually behave. There's not, 
there's not like a big magic scene where all of your rivals and enemies become well wishers. Yeah. Cause, cause that, that's what would happen in the shittier version of this movie is that the, at the end he would have said, well, I didn't write that. Jamal wrote that. And then the professor and the rival and everyone else would be like, Oh, Oh my God, he's brilliant. Oh, I love him now. He's my best friend. Like, no, the professor is still an asshole and the rival is still like resentful. Yeah. But he still wins. He's still like, you know, oh, we're not, you don't have to come to the board meeting. We're not going to suspend you, obviously. You get to keep coming here. Yeah, which, which was really good. Um, I, so is William Forrester, was he just afraid of life? Like, is that why he never came out of his apartment? Well, somewhat. I think a lot of it, you know, stemmed from what happened to his brother, and I don't think fame had impacted his life positively from him having written the book. Mm-hmm. I like the part where he's saying, "Oh, my brother was dying in the next room, and the nurse could only talk about what the book, my book, yeah. meant to her." And I think that that's him realizing, like, nothing good has come of this can't believe the world is like this oh my brother made it through the whole war just to die this way um blamed himself some i i think it just all compounded a lot to the point where well i've got to stay away from everyone because you notice even when he goes out uh is the sundown yeah it's dark he puts on sunglasses and he doesn't want to be recognized it's fucking 50 years later and he's still worried someone's going to notice him and know that he wrote that book mm-hmm. like, that's what he's concerned about he doesn't want people trying to talk to him, you know, about what the book means to them or what their interpretation or what they thought he meant. Yeah. The, the Yankee stadium scene, I, I liked, uh, you know, obviously him saying this is probably one of the best days of his life in a long time, which was, really... and then he just shuts the door on him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. He's, <laughs> I, I mean, I think, Probably because it was really exhausting for him, for him, and he just probably just wanted to drink some scotch and fall asleep. I can uh, relate. Yeah. Um. I I want to bring up the ending where he gets shown up, uh, pretty much because, you know, Buster Rhymes brings what Jamal wrote to William, and then William goes to the school and then reads it, and then the professor's like, "That's amazing writing, William. I'm so glad that you came here." And I loved it that he put it into his face. He's like, that's not my words. That's Jamal word. And the fucking teacher was still like, oh, you're still going to have to come to the board meeting because, you know, this doesn't change anything. And I'm like, bullshit. Bull fucking shit. Because the main thing when he was being expelled was you need to get your source. And the source came to the fucking school. So fuck that teacher. Well, he just had a a vendetta against him because he made him look silly in class. Yeah. Because oh. he said, it's further, not farther. And then he got all the quotes accurately. And then he told him to leave. It's like, wow, what a shitty teacher. What do you think of the, I guess, love interest? I I thought it was okay. She was more of a character than almost everyone else. So, yeah, she was fine. Yeah. Yeah, that, that plot stuck around longer than any of the other subplots. It's good. He needs someone to talk to about how he's feeling besides to to William Forrester. And, th- and that's good to have her to do that with. Because obviously they got rid of his friends, they got rid of his mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, any final words about this movie? 
Uh, it's it's great. Go see it. It's my favorite Gus Van Sant movie I've seen. Hmm. What about you, Zach? Final words. Yep, I recommend it. Uh, I always liked it. Um, this is probably the last really good film Sean Connery did. Yeah, pretty sure. Yeah, because I think the next was League of Extraordinary Men, right? Shit. Yeah, and also Beautiful. yes, and also yes, it's terrible. Yeah, yeah it's well, not terrible. It's just ultra underwhelming. Yeah. All right, time for the Christmas movie. I can't believe we're doing the second, not first. I have almost nothing to say about this movie. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, it's just... Well, you know what? This movie suffers from one of the greatest movie sins. In my opinion. This is just my opinion, and then you guys can go, obviously. But, like, obviously it's not a good movie. I think we can all agree with that. It's not... It's it's not... It's not bad as I thought it was. Exactly. It's yeah. also not laughably super terrible. Yeah. And, that, just, and that's the sin. Like, if it was like the worst movie I'd ever seen, it would be fun because, oh my God, this movie is so inept and so terrible. Ha ha ha. I can't believe they made this. But really, it's just like, eh. And that's, <laughs> it's just, it's, oh, yeah, that, that was a Christmas movie. All right. I, I'll give it this. It's in the last act. It almost got a little bit redeemably, just a little iota better because the first act of this movie is so fucking unbearable. Uh, I What's think unbearable about it. Oh my god, it's so he's he's like so unlikable. And yeah. I don't care about him at all. And then they introduce um, uh, uh, Gandolfini's character, and he's unlikable. And I don't like him either. And then they introduce Catherine O'Hara, and she's unlikable. And I don't like her either. And it's like, movie, you got to give me someone to root for here. I don't like any of these people. Like, the, like son, the son likes jerking off in his room. I guess that's cool. I empathize with that, but I'm not rooting for him or anything. <laughs> you don't like Duda or Dudu? <laughs> I doesn't come in the second act or so. Yeah. Um, and even then, he's only just barely in the movie. It's just, oh my god, the, the first it, everything that happens in the first act is like, ugh. So, uh, but anyway, yeah, you, I mean, you guys, you guys might have liked it more than me. Like, I hope so. So we have something to discuss. So James Gandolfini, I think, kind of made me like the movie a little bit more than you did because all I kept on thinking was like, wow, that's Tony Soprano just without the mafia in it, and like. <laughs> <laughs> he just pretty much played Tony Soprano. Like, he did the whole accent and everything. But the uh, other guy just... was Batman. Well, that didn't make you excited? Batman? No, he was like Ben Affleck. He definitely was not Batman. He was like... <laughs> he's Ben Affleck in Some of All Fears. That's the Ben Affleck he played in this movie. Is, uh, he j is, is James Gandolfini Tony Soprano? Or is James Gandolfini just playing James Gandolfini? No, he, he, he had the... Because James Gandolfini... He 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 talks normal. He doesn't have that thick Italian uh, Jersey accent, and and this movie was very Italian, even though they were in Illinois. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Uh, so like, he was he was okay. Um, ben Affleck in the early two thousands kind of annoyed me. I don't know why I picked it. I probably just picked it because of James Gandolfini. Uh, but I, I think he, that's what you said. Yeah. yeah, he's Ben Affleck is really unbearable in in the first part. Uh, but when he 
it, they do this Christmas thing where which I like because I always like happy endings in Christmas. Who fucking wants a? I mean, obviously you Zach because there's a lot of murder in. Uh, I mean, I did. I, I wanted a bunch of murder and fucking like sadness and fucking misery and shit. <laughs> uh, but I, you know, spoiler alert: like they all hate each other in the beginning and they kind of like like each other at the end, um, uh, which we'll get to. Uh, yeah, nobody was likable. Even Christina Applegate, when she came to visit her family, I just fucking despised her. And every time, like, she started, like, falling for Ben Affleck, I was just like, all right, she's not being bitchy anymore. And then she went back to being bitchy again. And Yeah, like, there's the the misunderstanding where he, like, recreates the tree covered in ice mm-hmm. and then does all the other stuff, and then she's angry at him? She he prostituted her fucking personal memory that she shared with him. Yeah, but her reaction to that is to like be angry, not explain why you're angry, and just leave. Oh, well, she's a woman, I guess. I just described a woman. <laughs> <laughs> but it just seems like there should be like, no, this is wrong. This is why, and he'd be like, oh, I'm sorry. I was just trying to impress you because I like you, and she would have been like, oh, that's sweet, but you know, nice try. That that's isn't how human beings act. I mean, yeah, it is. There's a lot of that stupid sitcom misunderstanding bullshit in this movie, like where people misunderstand each other for the sake of the plot. By the way, did you notice like James Gandalf? I'm not even gonna use their fucking real names because who cares? Uh, James Gandalf, not the real their uh, our, uh characters' names. Uh, James Gandolfini and his Ca- name was Balco. It's so weird. It's yeah. Uh, James and Catherine's character, like, did you notice that they were distant in the beginning until pretty much they had to, like, say it? Like, oh, me and her not getting along, we're we're leaving after this. No, I mean, they were, like, fighting, but it was, like, no more than than comedy parents in comedy movie. Yeah, I just felt like it was typical, we've been living together for about 20 years now, couple. Yeah, I was like, (laughs) oh, another episode of King of Queens. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Duda was funny at times. Uh, Which Duda? Uh, yes, I like I I, I like the black one better. Uh, he was, <laughs> he's like you're gonna need more alcohol right now. With you know, with the part where the girl, the Ben Affleck. By the way, we should talk about the plot. So pretty much, Ben Affleck is is the billionaire, uh, and he wants to have like this family oriented, like you know, middle class. Uh, feeling so he goes to this. Well, he has no one to spend Christmas with. Yeah, that's what started. Yeah, like he calls everyone in his stupid phone book and is like, "Hey, brother, you want to spend Christmas together?" And they're like, "No, I'm gonna spend it with my family." You dunce, don't call me. I mean, your wife doesn't have to be there. <laughs> <laughs> it's like what the fuck. <laughs> but yeah, he's clueless and he has no one to spend Christmas with, and for some reason that matters to him. But I think that's what it is. It's kind of like a midlife oh, I've wasted my life. I don't have people to spend Christmas with kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But they don't... I I feel like... I don't know, whatever. But he... I can't remember why he knew that therapist that he's talking to in the airport. His girlfriend sees him. The oh. One that was all like, uh, let's go to Fiji. And she's like, no, I want to spend fucking Christmas with your family. He's like, you fuck them. Bitch. Yeah. Why wouldn't you go to Fiji, you dumb bitch? <laughs> Okay, I, I get it a little bit. I do get it. <laughs> but mm-hmm. she, she, changed her, like, she changed her mind later, though. Where are you going to... I don't know. Um, but, uh, 
yeah, so the, the therapist tells him to write down a list of all his grievances, go somewhere that reminds him of his childhood, and burn it, and then say, I forgive you. And he's like, okay, yeah, I'm all about that. So he goes to do it, and then, like, instead of being like, sir, why are you on my lawn, or can I help you, or something like that, James Camofini just hits him with a snow shovel for some reason. He's Tony Soprano. He's like a fucking arsonist. He's he's standing out there. He's like got some fire and shit. Like he's like acting weird. A yard full of snow. Like who cares? Like hey, what are you doing? You know. But no, he's assault. Assault him first. Maybe I was was waiting for him to like hit him with a shovel and then like hide him in the garage in all the salt and stuff. You know, like that, like that uh, fake B plot of Home Alone. That's what I wanted to happen. (laughs) Maybe maybe he thought he was a flaming bandit. Maybe. Maybe. But yeah, he hits him, which I still don't. I st- why? Because, they were, oh, the plot's got to move along. Let because me. it's funny. It's funny. He hit a man with a shovel. Yeah, it is funny. It's funny that he hit him with a shovel. And it's Tony Soprano. <laughs> I thought I thought it was funny because Ben Affleck. I don't like. I was like, what the fuck is his deal? Like, he's totally not like how I've seen him in movies for like the past fucking 10, 15 years or whatever, really. And it hit me. I'm like, he's acting like Dane Cook. And I, I yeah. just, I'm like, what the, it's so weird to me. I had like this weird cognitive dissonance because I, I felt like I was watching Dane Cook, but it's Ben Affleck. Yeah. yeah. Near the end, he gets away from the Dan Cook thing, uh, Dane Cook. Uh, and this was 2004, you know, like that's, that's kind of like the height of his popularity, I feel like almost. It's like they couldn't get Dane Cook. So they went with Ben Affleck. Yeah, who the fuck cares about Ben Affleck in 2004? <laughs> um, but and the plot is like he pays his family like two hundred and fifty thousand dollars so that he could be like the son of the family. And they had a and they had a role play. The only it was really cringy hearing like the dad and mom and like the scripts that he had to do. Like I didn't find that funny at all. I just found it annoying and cringe. I, I did laugh out loud when he talked about like Brian sleeping with mom or something like that. He's like, "Oh, that's not supposed to be in there." Um, what the fuck was that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and uh, I don't know. Right? Fucking fan fiction. What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then like telling James Gandolfini that he has to wear a Santa hat and like you know people in the in the Italian cold cuts area. Where do like they laughed at him? Be like, oh, I just want my fucking salami. Give me my salami. <laughs> um, what is it? What else did I want to talk about? What do you like about it, Zach? Anything that uh brought your attention to it? Um, <laughs> like there wasn't anything I really liked about it in particular. Like, mm. like I said, I've definitely seen worse movies than this and i've seen many that are a lot better even just in the scope of christmas by itself mm-hmm. um but something struck me when i was watching this movie and it was like i feel like this movie was like made by a committee because it's like somebody watched all the wacky christmas fucking movies that have come out collectively within like say the last 20 years up to that point this feels like somebody watched national lampoon christmas vacation somebody watched christmas story 
somebody watched the the Adam Sandler movie, the Hanukkah shit, you know Twilight that one. Two nights. Well, yeah, that. Uh, Bad Santa. Uh, um, Bad Santa wasn't out yet. I don't think. Was it? I thought it was. Well, maybe it was. I didn't think it was, but I could be wrong. Elf. Um, I know I'm missing some, but just stuff like that just all coalesces into like this gel this this committee gel and they're like we need to make a movie like these wacky christmas wacky, wacky christmas, christmas movie what's his deal i don't know he's fucking weird he's having a midlife crisis even though he looks like he's 30 <laughs> and uh he he needs to spend christmas with people because he's weird he doesn't understand people that's why he's alone and it takes almost the entire movie eight tenths of it has gone by before you find out why he's got no goddamn family Mm-hmm. And they they like tease it, but you don't care enough to like care that they're teasing it. The 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 part of me that craves uh, Garmon Bosia was just hoping that something really terrible happened to him, like really bad, something like his family died in a fucking fire or like a car accident or something. I don't know why. I just I kept waiting for that, and I would be like, yes. <laughs> All right, so I cut. I'm sorry. Keep on going. I was just gonna say I don't really got anything else to say about this. Really, it's just kind of like it is what it is. It it's come and gone, and it's just like a weird, old, not so old Christmas movie. And I'll never watch it again. Probably not. <laughs> so I- the guy who directed this went on to direct a bunch of kids' movies. It's very strange. <laughs> he also directed Deuce Bigelow, Male Gigolo. You remember that movie? Whoa! Wow. Yeah, that explains a lot. Yeah. <laughs> But he also directed Sky High, Shrek Forever After. He directed a bunch of sequels to kids' movies. Shrek Forever After, Alvin and the Chipmunks Chipwrecked, the SpongeBob movie, SpongeBob, or Sponge Out of Water, Lego Movie 2, and he also directed Trolls. <laughs> well, explains a lot. Those movies are like a success, so good job, I guess. He found, he found his niche. It wasn't Christmas movies. He can competently direct, just don't expect anything fucking, you know, amazing from him. So it's like, this is kind of guy you tell him what to do and he'll get it done. Yes. Disney needs to hire this guy. Tell him to direct Marvel movies, Star Wars. (laughs) All right. So I want to bring this up because I went to look up the three main big characters. I should look at Catherine O'Hara, what she did around that time. I'll do that as well. Uh, So James Gandolfini... Uh, obviously big because Tony Soprano, I think, was near the end of Sopranos, I think, around this time. So he was writing. He's trying to be like, don't typecast me. Look, I can do comedy. Yeah, so he, he obviously he got that role because of the popularity. Then Christina Applegate, uh, because of Anchorman, that came around that t- that time. Uh, and I'm looking at Ben Affleck's. This is, this is when his low time uh, because he was dating fucking Jennifer Lopez around this time. Uh, he just got off of the worst mo- superhero movie he's ever done, Daredevil. Uh, yes. And he did Jagilly, uh, whatever that fucking movie is. And then there was Paycheck, Jersey Girl, and then Surviving Christmas. So this, those row of movies right there were just terrible. He had a rough couple of years there. Yeah. So, like, I guess they were just like, well, we got James Gandolfini and Christina Applegate and Catherine O'Hara. I guess we could save some money with Ben Affleck. And I <laughs> and I bet you that's what happened. Um, so 
Catherine O'Hara, let's see what she did in 20, uh, 2004. Jeez, when did he turn his career around? Look at this. Fucking Daredevil, G. Lee. I don't even know what Paycheck is. Jersey Girl, Surviving Christmas. I've never heard of Man About Town. Clark's 2 sucked. Hollywood Land, eh. Smoking Aces, boring. I don't know what Vanity Fair, Killers. It's a short. Who cares? Mm -hmm. He's just not that into you. Was that a success? I don't think so. Mm -mm. Okay. Uh, loser, loser. He was in a few episodes of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Company Men. Uh, the Town. Okay, The Town in 2010. It took him six years to get back on his feet. Fuck. Yeah. They did The Town, then he did Argo, then Gone Girl. Okay, he's back. Yeah. yeah. Then he was Batman. So, the only thing Catherine O'Hara kind of did that was kind of okay was Six Feet Under, the TV series. That's about it. So, um, yeah, so they saved money on Catherine O'Hara and uh, Ben Affleck, probably. Uh, so, we'll go with that. I, I are, you guys, are you guys on the IMDb page for this movie? I'm not. I'm just listening to you guys. Uh, okay. I, I am now. What's up? <laughs> okay. Uh, Zach is completely correct, and I'll prove it. Scroll down to the more like this area. Okay. Look at all the movie posters. <laughs> reindeer, <laughs> reindeer Tell me games. Where they are. <laughs> reindeer They're games. They're all fucking sane. They're all stupid Christmassy bullshit against a white background and snarky title. Four Christmases, Christmas survival, nothing like the holidays, the family stone. That's not a Christmas movie. Uh, you can't regift family. They're all the fucking same shit. The same, uh, you know gelatin that they pour into the mcnugget mold except it makes christmas movies so yes that's right and then the other one is uh reindeer games but it has a black poster so that one doesn't work for me that means it's a black christmas movie uh yeah i have nothing else to say this movie was uh subpar uh i like picking shitty uh christmas movies because it's fun to like dissect a little bit what's up <laughs> Sorry. What? I'm still looking at the IMDb for this movie. What'd you say? Uh, reviews. Surprisingly funny. Seven out of ten stars. <laughs> Surviving Christmas. Let's get it. Let's get another opinion. We all hate it. Let's get an opinion from someone who likes this movie. Okay. Uh J Pin J Pintar. I don't know. Uh on the 14th of March. March. Who's watching Christmas movies in March? 2005, Surviving Christmas is a surprisingly funny movie, especially considering the bad publicity when it was first released. Ben Affleck is funny as an obnoxious millionaire who pays a family that occupies his childhood home to be his family for Christmas. He then drives the family crazy with overindulgence for Christmas cheer. I have been a Ben Affleck fan in the past, though... Oh, I have not been a Ben Affleck fan in the past, then in parentheses, though I did like Daredevil and Paycheck, in parentheses... <laughs> But here, he is well cast in this role. I also like Christina Applegate as the daughter of the family who can't stand Affleck's character at first. Sure, you can see where this movie is going, but you don't care. Ignore what the critics say and rent this movie. And rent this movie out, because it's funnier than a lot of Christmas movies. Okay, I'm going to pick a uh, a one star, and it's random right here. Uh, title of it, Not Very Good. Uh, I went to see this film at cinemas, and I was shocked when I got in the room there was only me and my girlfriend. Uh, this shouted to me that this film is not very good. What? That doesn't make any sense. Not to, <laughs> not to my surprise, the film was dire. 
Ben Affleck plays a guy who buys a family for Christmas. <laughs> you ain't wrong. It's very predictable narrative uh, with him falling in love with that girl that hates him. His acting okay-ish out of the comedy aspect of the film. He is not very good. The plot line is poor and the comedy is almost non-existent. I mean, he ain't wrong. However, there are some good points. For example, the family is falling apart and the mother is very funny. Yeah, um, I hope... This review stops other people wasting their money. I was very embarrassed when I came out of the room. And that was back in 2004. That guy wrote that review in 2004. Yeah, just seen it in the theater. Yeah, so. This movie has at least two 10-star reviews at IMDb. Sounds like his girlfriend dragged him to that movie. Probably. This person says, surprised and sore. I laughed so hard during this movie, my face hurt. Was he having a stroke? <laughs> Hang on, I'm gonna see what other movies this guy's reviewed. I'm sorry, we we've got to make this funny somehow. This movie just sucks. This is our new uh, segment. We we review reviews. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the guy who gave it ten stars. The second review on his page is Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith. Blown away. <laughs> <laughs> But to be honest, I wasn't expecting it to be totally enthralled by Revenge of the Sith like I am. Knowing the final episode, <laughs> how good how good can this one be? Well, it met my expectations and went above and beyond them. I'm so overwhelmed by the visuals, the action, the emotion. George Lucas is a genius. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> ah, he loved he loved Napoleon Dynamite. He loved like the Shin prequel. He loved Saw. Yeah, yeah. He liked Eternal Sunshine. That's a good movie. He liked Second Hand Lines. That's a good movie. Eh, who cares? Who cares? Who cares? Hey, Amen. American... <laughs> American Psycho. Still undecided. Didn't care for American Psycho, though. Eh, I don't know about this movie. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm, done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. All right. <laughs> I kind of like this as a segment. I guess we'll think about that in the future. Uh, I revisit this. Yeah. Um, so I guess we'll bring it down to here. Um, do you recommend it, not recommend it, or mild recommend oh. it? So Andy uh, goes with no. Zach, what about you? No, I don't really recommend this movie. Like, There's nothing about it that really causes it to stand out. You could pass it. Okay. There's no reason to watch it. There's better Ben Affleck movies. There's better Christmas movies. There's better comedy movies. Yeah. There's no reason you would ever have to watch this movie. Yeah, watch Daredevil more than this movie. Uh, even yeah, though... I've watched Daredevil th- twice before I watched this movie. Yeah. What about Elektra? Uh, I never saw it, but yeah, I'd watch it. Yep. Uh, yeah, so that's a not recommended for me. So I picked a bad Christmas movie, but you know what? Fuck it. That's what that's what that's what's great about our podcast because we get the shit on it. So Andy, what's your picks for next week? Oh, we're actually Thursday. We're gonna be recording. <laughs> well, still next week for the listeners. Um, mm-hmm. I tried and tried and tried to find somewhere that we could watch the name of the rose, and man, I just I don't understand it. And then I was trying to find why it's like delisted from everything. I think it's available on the Microsoft Store. <laughs> so we all rented it on our Xboxes, I think, but it's just too much work. That, or I think if you use a uh, VPN, you can get it on Amazon in Britain. What? Again, that's too much fucking work. I know. Yeah. So <laughs> we're going to watch, um, God 
damn, what was that movie? I, I deleted it off my thing. Uh, the Offense? The Offense. I, I wanted to change it from that because it's another uh, Sean Connery directed by Sidney Lumet movie. Lumet movie. But yeah. the other one was so great. Why the fuck not? Let's watch this one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, the Christmas movie, I thought about changing it, but let's keep it simple. Because, Zach, I know that this year you got into World War One stuff a lot. And so have I lately. So we're going to watch, uh, I don't know how it's pronounced, Joy Noel. Uh, it's yeah. about the Christmas truce on the front lines in World War One. And, and Yeah, I've night. heard of that. Yeah, but it, it's a movie about that. That's funny. Uh, because we had Zach's, which was a horror movie. Then mine, which was a shitty comedy. And now yours is about like a uh, a war movie, kind of, you know. Sort of. I don't know if there will be combat in it or not. Uh, it's a it's a highly rated um, Christmas movie, and I've always just kind of wanted to see it just because I of my interest in the First World War. So yeah, here we go. If I, if I remember right, there is no combat in it. Probably huh. not. It's, I think that's the point. <laughs> yeah, it's still funny though to me. Like it's it's in the war, uh, and then mine is just like, <laughs> just like comedy, and then yours is horror. But yeah, remember to watch those movies that Andy just said, and then come back to us, and then we'll talk about it. Um, so let's get into some news that matter to us. Uh, we kind of talked cyberpunk before, so I kind of I'll, I'll quickly talk what I was going to say uh, is. They did come out with a message saying, yeah, we fucked up. We knew about the uh, uh, the shittiness of the last gens, uh, and we just released it. And they said that they would accept the refunds. But apparently there's some reports out there that they can't take all refunds. So Tough shit. That's not how refunds work. Yeah. So Limited I, refunds. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, so... Uh, a lot of people are just, I mean, they they kind of deserve this because I get it. The people were demanding and talking about their pre-orders, but just look at look at Microsoft. Look at three, four, three uh, industries uh, where they're just like, yeah, the game's not ready. The game was shit when we showed it at like E3 or whatever uh, conference it was. Uh, yeah, we're going to delay it about a year. So why didn't Cyberpunk do that? Because it was delayed for eight years almost. Cyberpunk has already (laughs) not done the same thing because Cyberpunk has been showing off like the optimized perfect version of the game from from day one. Mm. Well, from when they started showing stuff. Because this this uh this game was announced like nine fucking years ago or something like that. Mm -hmm. But the point is they've been showing off new gen graphics, um, impossibly powerful development computer footage stuff like that <clears throat> and part of the uh part of the apology was like oh we're sorry we only showed that stuff no you're not mm-hmm. no, you're heavy you got away with it and no one's like decrying uh fraud and false advertising again the game is playable it's fun but man do not spend 60 dollars on this game unless they fix it would you call that a bull shot uh, i yeah 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 okay i thought it was yeah yeah, and, and let me get this clear. Like, they do deserve. I I want to say the people, the higher ups, they do des- deserve the hate that they're getting. I don't think that the game designers who've been working on the game should get all the hate. Like how the internet is like just taking a shotgun and just shooting at uh, CD Projekt Red 
like everybody like they're you know hitting up all their twitters like yeah it's it's shitty what happened um but i also saw through the bullshit i even if i had a xbox one x and even if i still i mean i obviously still have my pc I wouldn't. I would not be buying it because you've been hearing reports that they're struggling to optimize for last gen. Um, but like Andy said, they were advertising like it was great, and it wasn't. So I don't know. I they're losing a lot of money. Um, I I consider. I I think they might be taking the No Man's Sky route because that game was shitty when it first came out. Uh. And then it turned around, and now it's like a great game. So maybe that's what will happen. But game game developers shouldn't be doing that. They should be having a one hundred percent game, or at least ninety five percent ready before releasing it. I I just I just want them to release something that they would be happy buying and playing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Which I I really don't think they did. So, in the world of Disney, Andy, they just vomited all Star Wars shows that they're going to be uh, saturating. Oh, yeah. They had a call or something, and they... I'm so frustrated by this, because I was telling you guys, like, in our chat, I guess I'll bring it on the show, too. What they did originally was, we've got Star Wars. Oh, my God, I can't wait. We're going to make so much money. Star Wars. We're going to make Star Wars Episode 7. We're going to make Star Wars Episode 8. We're going to make Star Wars Episode 9. We're going to make all the other ones. We're going to make Solo. We're going to make uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi movie. We're going to make Rogue One. We're going to make all the stuff. And then, like, as time went on, they kept, like, dropping the ball on them. So they stopped. And now they made Mandalorian. And what happened with Mandalorian, I think, is they accidentally actually gave it to someone who can make a really good product. They gave it to uh, uh, I don't know how to say his name, Dave. John Favreau. John Favreau, of course, too. But yeah. then Dave Filoni is also in charge of like the lore and a lot of the writing, and he's the one who is in charge of Clone Wars and Rebels and stuff like that. That's mm. why you see, you know, Ahsoka and and Thrawn is mentioned. The Dark Sabers in it. The Mandalorians are in it. So, Mandalorian's awesome, and everyone loves it. And they've sold a billion dollars worth of Baby Yoda stuff. So now they're like, oh, we figured it out. We can print money with Star Wars now. We're going to make Star Wars uh, Ahsoka. We're going to make Star Wars Acolyte. We're going to make Star Wars Obi-Wan. We're going to make Star Wars uh, that guy from Rogue One. What's his name? Uh, guy. The guy. The guy. guy. Uh, Andor? we're gonna make star wars lando we're gonna make star wars rangers of the new republic we're gonna make star wars droids tail they announced like nine or ten things in total it's it's too fucking much it's saturated five would have been acceptable five would have been okay five would have been like passable like definitely make that obi-wan series because i want that apparently Apparently Hayden coming back and they already got Ewan mcgregor that's all i care about like you could get fucking uh anyone in the world you could you you could get um uh, uh melissa mccarthy to play darth vader i don't give a fuck you get even mcgregor in there to play obi-wan that's all that matters yeah i after i found out that hayden christensen is coming back as vader i was like okay you got me i mean he wasn't great in like the the prequels but it's just like come on it's him and fucking ewan again so it's interesting yeah it's interesting to do that 
Um, I'm interested in Ahsoka because it's about her hunting Emerald Thrawn, and Emerald Thrawn is like one of my favorite. Thrawn is amazing. Uh, I read the book. I highly recommend you getting the book, Andy. Yeah. Uh, and um, there was one more that I thought sounded okay. Maybe not. Maybe that was it. I think that was it. Yeah. I have no idea what Rangers of the New Republic is supposed to be about, but it it takes place in the Mandalorian time frame, and I think it's like. If you've seen it, there's one episode where there's like two X-wing pilots who are just also basically lawmen, and they're trying to like fly around and do shit. And they chase Mando in one episode, and then they end up saving him. Spoiler alert! And I think it's about like what they were doing, kind of. So Maybe. they they puked out. Oh, Bad Batch! That's the other show I'm excited about. Bad Batch is basically just another season of Clone Wars. <laughs> there you go. Bad Batch. Uh, in the final season of Clone Wars, there was like a undercover pilot for Bad Batch. It's like a bunch of uh, clones with with mutations that that are actually like good mutations. Like one of them is really strong and shit like that. And it's it's them um, being a special forces unit in the period when the uh, the when the Empire is finally taking over, all the Jedi are dead and stuff. So that I'm excited about. I'm sorry to interrupt, but that was the third one. I knew there was another one. Of course, Bad Batch. Well, here's my question to you um, before I get into, like, the Marvel, because apparently I don't know the actual thing. I just know Marvel's puking out uh, some TV shows and, and movies into the Disney+. Plus. You guys would have the, the 411 on the Marvel stuff because I didn't pay attention. I didn't pay attention either. I just I don't care for superhero stuff that much. Uh so, would you give the chance for George Lucas for either, like, a Disney Plus exclusive movie or a TV show, but he has to have Dave Filoni as, like, a, a writer? Uh, yeah. I, not even the Dave Filoni thing. Just, yeah, let him make something. Yeah. I like it. I, I kind of want to see George Lucas I mean, do something. Everyone else in the movie business make something. Um, the woman who directed Wonder Woman is going to direct a movie about Rogue Squadron. Okay. I I, well, it's just the Rogue Squadron books and comics were like some of my favorite stuff when I was a kid, but I've never seen anything she's directed. So is it going to be good? I don't know. I don't know. Hey, uh, Zach. Oh, be about. Make it about Wedge. That's all that matters. Zach, what's your opinion on all this? <clears throat> uh, too much Star Wars. There's a few things in there like, um, I don't know. I don't want George Lucas to direct anything anymore. If you <laughs> wanted to write something or collaborate, that's fine. Not direct. It's Why? been uh, yeah, that would been... be better. That would be better. Let him write something and then let someone else clean it up for him. Yeah, and then th that way they can put you know written by George Lucas and also these other people who know what they're doing. <laughs> that, right. That's pretty much it for all that. So I actually got the Marvel stuff here. Um, so. I'll quickly go through because apparently, you know, obviously because of COVID, like everything's messed up in movie theaters. So a lot of their shit's coming to uh, Disney Plus. Uh, so apparently WandaVision is coming to. Uh... You knew about that, though, right? Yeah, yeah we've known about that. We knew about that. We knew about Loki, something else. The Falcon and the Winter, Winter Soldier. Soldier. That was the other one. We All three about. of those have been in the works for a while. Uh, yeah, Miss... they, got, they got like trailers or something. Miss Marvel. Yeah, Miss Mar yeah. Miss Marvel. Uh, apparently, I heard about this Moon Knight. Apparently, Oscar Isaac is going to be Moon Knight, which is interesting because Oscar Oscar Isaac is going to be Snake and Moon Knight, and I just think that's 
crazy. You know, honestly, like as far as Moon Knight goes, he's just kind of like a discount store of Batman for Marvel. But you said Oscar Isaac, and I was immediately like, yeah, I'm on board. Yeah. <laughs> I love Oscar. He's great. She-Hulk. They're getting a She-Hulk. Uh, Secret Invasion is coming to Disney+, Plus, which is interesting. Uh, and then the uh, the Black Lady Iron Woman is going to be a show. I don't know what it's called. It's called Ironheart, apparently. Yeah, that's Riri Williams. Yeah, and then Armor Wars, I Am Groot, and that's it. Um, so what I see here is just a bunch of vomit. Like, I'm interested in Secret Invasion. I'm in, I'm in uh, She-Hulk. I'm kind of interested about Moon Knight. I'm obviously interested about, but all the other stuff, I'm like, who really cares, dude? You don't want to see Loki? Is Tom, Tom Hilson having fun? Uh, I, I yes and no. Um, I don't. Everybody loves that character. I thought. <laughs> I like Loki as a villain. Uh, I don't think he deserves a movie. I mean, I don't think you deserve to be on here anymore. It's not a movie. That's a show. <laughs> Is it a show? I don't yeah, know. it's it's a TV show. Uh, also, you missed one. Uh, what if? Oh yeah. yeah. Wait, wait a minute, right? No. Wait. Owen Wilson yes. in Loki. Is he? What? Cast Tom Hiddleston, Owen Wilson, and then other people that I don't know. Wow. Yeah. Wow. 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 Who the fuck is he? I guess it doesn't matter because it's like. All... Who cares? Tom Hiddleston and Owen Wilson are going to be in fucking show together. Oh, and they're having a what if uh, series, you know, like the what if. Like... It, it is animated I, uh, for the most part, actually. I forgot about that. But yeah, that, that's pretty interesting, too, because that's that's aping off of a old uh, series of books Marvel used to do mostly in the 70s and 80s called What If. And it... The what if you froze again. What oh. if Magneto led the X-Men? Yeah. What if, you know, what, what if uh, Peggy Carter was Captain Britain? Which I what think is something they showed in the Oh, they teased that one. They did. Yeah. 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 Uh, I guess what we can come out of this is that they're gonna vomit until they see what sticks. Uh, and they obviously, you know, got our you know minds on it on which ones we want to look at. So I guess we will see. I actually, I am thinking about re-upping my Disney Plus because one, I still need to watch The Mandalorian. Uh, I haven't seen season one yet. Um, I just, I just want to have like three seasons to work at, <laughs> which there's two full seasons right now. But other than that, is there any other news to talk about? Game Awards. Oh yeah, Game Awards. Yeah, who won? I didn't pay attention. Well, you didn't know. Oh, the Last of Us won like almost everything. Yeah. Oh. All right. They, The Last of Us won Game of the Year. And six other awards. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, and, that's why I'm like, are you fucking for real? <laughs> like, I thought that movie didn't do that well critically. <clears throat> or game. No, 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 no. It did well critically with game journalists. It did shitty with people because it is a shitty, it is a shitty written game. It's just Last of Us uh, 1, which is shitty story. Uh, mm, okay. uh it's, uh, uh, what what else was uh what what else? Um, I guess Perfect Dark we could talk about. It, it got announced. Perfect. That's cool. Yeah. Frost is smash. Yo yo. That's pretty Un cool. Untitled Mass Effect game. 
Uh, there's a new Ghost and Goblins game coming out, apparently. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Perfect Dark. That uh, that bothers me because uh, that's going to be just for Xbox. Yeah. Well, um, how good is your PC? Not. Oh, okay. Then you... <laughs> My computer's fucking seven years old. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Game Awards... Uh, you know, we always talk about, like, who gives a shit and all that stuff but like even during like covid like who gives a shit like christopher dolan was like one of the uh uh presenters by the way and he looked like he didn't want to fucking be there Uh, apparently jeff keely has a video coming out with christopher nolan talking about like comparing movie direction to game direction so maybe christopher nolan's gonna get into video games that'd be pretty cool I like how, what is what what else did it win? It won Last of Us Two won shit that was like innovation and accessibility. I think it was why, and I think because there was literally this thing where it could you could just make it fucking play itself, and that's like fucking stupid to me. Nintendo's been doing that for like four years. I know, but it's Nintendo. You can't give them fucking anything. Nintendo, who the fuck cares? They innovate every Saturday. I well, I'm just saying because on these game award shits, like Nintendo almost never wins in any goddamn category. Like, I'm t- for real, and I'm not even like a huge Nintendo fan. I'm just saying. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, Animal Crossing won something, right? I saw their Facebook post about it. Yeah, it won something. It won like best family game or something. I don't know why it wasn't considered for game of the year because like I, it was hugely fucking popular compared yeah, to a lot it, of these other games. It, it, like at the perfect time like if there was a game for the year 2020 the year of lockdown and quarantine animal crossing like why the fuck is it was it not considered instead of hades and i'm not hating on hades it's just like i've never even fucking heard of that game it's popular and that's all i know about it uh, hades. Well, is it more popular than animal crossing no um <laughs> but then uh, like Here's the comparison because I think Animal Crossing was in the Game of the Year uh, uh, nominee. Um, Animal Crossing sold 22 million because of COVID. Um, Last of Us Part Two sold only four million. So, how do? Those your rookie numbers. You gotta pop them numbers up. Yeah, and it's just, it, it, in my opinion. Because of all the, uh, I'm basing this off of everybody, streamers, and even game journalists that said like Ghost of Tsushima uh, was really, really good. I thought it was gonna win. It, I thought it was gonna be like Ghost of Tsushima or like Among Us or something like that. Yeah, no, like they got robbed. I'm sorry. This was all to jerk off uh, Neil Druckmann. Neil Druckmann. Now keep in mind, Last of Us won was great like i i still have that in my top 10 games that i i really like because it's a really good game yeah the story direction i I just liked it um and then the second one is just like it's just politics 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 and then it just wrong directions and the writing the writing itself like even if you put politics in a video game like the writing in general the plots that they were doing was just really fucking dumb and I'm not an Abby hater. I'm not an Abby hater because I don't even care if this person did something that uh, is like uh, because of something in the first game. Like I'm trying. I'm being really vague and gray about it. Um, Who votes for the game awards? Is there like an academy? Like yes. the Oscars? Yes. Yeah. Yep. So it's a bunch of douchebags somewhere. Yep. 
it's the opposite because the problem with the academy is it's a bunch of rich old white guys and the problem here is it's probably like i'm gonna get hate for this but it's probably like a bunch of like trans twitter check marks right yep yeah here, here's the one that got me this it, it got it, it they even bothered to try to nominate it for best art direction yep compared to all the other games that were there it didn't win it goes tsushima did but i'm like why was it even in that category it's it's art direction is just try for photorealism yeah i all those other games. Uh, no no i could tell that this was to kind of like pat neil Druckmann on the back because they on the ass, you mean? Or fuck him in the ass or jerk him off. I don't really fucking... <laughs> there you go, there you uh, go. So, <laughs> there was a part where Troy Baker came up. I'm like, all right, Troy Baker, he's he's kind of, you know... He's been really political lately, and he's been very vocal about, like, all the hate of Last of Us Part Two, And he... Like everyone's political. Yeah, and he's... He, he jerked Neil Druckmann off, like... For like a good five minutes, you're like he was like Neil Druckmann took a chance. He was he he did it, even though everybody said no, he did it. And I'm like, well, now hang on, he's right though, right? Like he did take a chance, and he made a game that a lot of people apparently hate, right? That's right. He did take a chance, and you know what? It came back to bite them in the ass because now right. they're getting ro- they're getting roasted by all the people. That supported them saying games should not be made under crunch conditions. Now they're fucking taking them to task over it. They yeah. won best game direction. Now everybody's writing articles saying games shouldn't win best game direction when they're created under crunch conditions. Hmm. Yeah. What the fuck? They spent like half a year jerking this game off and now they fucking say that shit. Yeah. My main thing, and I was just using one line, he had other lines that I just don't know. Uh, I'm just saying shit off my ass right now. Um, but literally, he was just like making him out like to be, I don't know, the next Marlon Brando or something. Fuck. Yeah, and it's just like, or Orson Welles, <laughs> like, <you> yeah. <laughs> I knew what you were saying. Yeah. That's that's a weird direction to go. I knew, I knew what he was doing. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and like I said, keep in mind, like I said before, he 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 struck gold with the first one, the second one, uh, no, uh, and. It's funny because they had a viewers game of the year choice, and guess what won? Ghost of Tsushima. Ghost of Tsushima. And guess what was really low in the Ghost the, of Tsushima. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, guess what was the last one that was lowly picked? Last of Us Part Two. So what else on the ballot? Just out of curiosity. And I'm crossing Hades, uh, yeah. Doom Eternal, and I forgot the other one. It's a slow year. Yeah. Uh, Not a lot of really great games came out this year, in my opinion. No. Um, now I kind of actually this. Wow. This wow. this opens my eyes a little bit because wow. remember when Cyberpunk delayed it till December and got them out of Game of the Year contention? Yeah. Do you think they did that on purpose because they knew it was shitty, and they didn't yeah. want and they didn't want to get embarrassed? I don't know. I don't know. I, I think if they could have released it sooner in the holiday season, they would have. I think they know that that that's money time. That's money season. Yeah, but think about but it. I don't, I don't. I'm not Mr. Business, and I don't work for CD Projekt Red. But I don't think so. Well, everybody wants to slap that game. It even though everybody does like oh, game of the year edition. Like, 
having your game in that awards, even though we think it's like shitty and like most of the population thinks it's shitty, it's still ad time for them uh, to be like, hey, buy this game because we won game of the year or we were nominated game of the year. I, I think yeah. that... What? Sorry. I, I thought you were done. Keep going. No, I was just going to say, like, I... It, it kind of makes me think maybe they did do that on purpose to get out of contention because they knew. Maybe. I mean, it was a pretty piddly little delay. Yeah. It was very short. Like, it almost seemed like, why does this even matter? Because they said they'd gone gold, and I know they were like, look, just because we can win gold doesn't mean blah, 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 blah. But I don't know. It was a really short, it was like two weeks or something, right? Three maybe weeks. You maybe you got something there. But uh, what are your games of the year? Each of you. Uh, fuck, because I, I actually know mine, and it's weird and surprising. I would have to say, and it, it's surprising for me, too, because I didn't finish Doom Eternal yet. Uh, I don't want to give Last of Us Part Two a fucking game of the year, because that's the game I only play fully. I'm going to have to give it... I, I, I have to give it to Among Us. Among Us is very fun to play with friends. So. Yeah, that's adapt. I mean, for the way things have been going. Yeah, I haven't played Ghost. Animal Crossing's got to take second place to uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake for me. I I know, like, I guess not everyone thought it was a game of the year kind of thing, but man, I really like that game. I love the, I love the ending. I love it subverting everything. And I realize a lot of people hate that. And I think that makes me like it more because I'm a weirdo hipster. That was the other game, by the way, nominee for game of the year. Oh, really? It was nominated. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because at first I was like, "Man, what the fuck?" Yeah. <laughs> Zach, what about you? I I almost forgot about Final Fantasy VII, but I'm gonna have to probably go with that because uh, Doom Eternal kind of polarized me a little bit. I still like it; I think it's it's really good, but uh, not as good as it probably could have been where if did they Avengers didn't rank in? do what. Avengers, where did it rank? Oh, to- uh, not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, I didn't really play too many uh, really new games this year. Yeah, um, you guys are probably going to laugh at me. So um, I put before I sold my PlayStation 4 Pro, I put my my saves in the cloud because I was I was going to get the PS5 and I'm like, oh, I'm going to go play Final Fantasy Remake so I could finally finish it so we could do our episode. I go turn on Final Fantasy 7 Remake. It says start new game. My saves are not there in the cloud. Well, you got to start over, bitch. Yep. <laughs> that sucks, dude. Yeah. So, oh, well. oh man. Oh well, it, it's whatever. I'll just put it on easy mode and just fucking get through it until I get to my part. I guess. That is one of my favorite, favorite, favorite innovations of new games. Uh, you can change the difficulty on the fly. I fucking love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. All right. Uh, other than that, I think we are out of news. I mean, it's Christmas time. Everybody's going to be getting all the games that came out during the fall. So, uh, any Tsushima. Yep. Me too. We, there's co-op now, so we could do co-op sessions if we want. So, I've been thinking a lot about it. I think I'm going to do the douchebag thing. I think I'm going to unlock that uh, Kurosawa mode. I'm going to genuinely play the whole game like that. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm that much of a douchebag. Nice. But, hey, if anyone needs any last-minute Christmas ideas for me. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right, guys. I think we'll end it here unless you guys have anything else you want to bring up. No. All right. All right. If you want to catch more Big Trouble Little Podcasts uh, or if you want to catch Getting Some Color uh, with me and Zach, uh, which is our wrestling podcast, or the Nemesis Project, uh, or Accelerated Gamer, which we play our backlogs and we compete each other to see how many games we could def- uh, uh, defeat and get points out of. Make sure you type in Nerd Review Network on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Red Circle, and just download it and, you know, tell us if we did good or bad. There's some re- review areas where you could write some stuff. So until next time, everybody, we will see you next time. Later. Thanks for listening. Bye.